This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Today's podcast is brought to you by, well, us, Two Guys in a River. Dave and I have just published a new book on fly fishing called The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists. The best place to find the book is on Amazon.com. Dave, what's the big idea of the book? The big idea is the subtitle, Life is Short, Catch More Fish. The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists is a fun, quick read. It's, it's an entire book of lists. It's basically practical help to help you catch more fish. And some of the lists include... The seven basic facts about mayflies, the seven nagging questions of nymph fishing, three tips when fishing streamers on smaller creeks, and dozens and dozens of other lists. We like to say that the book is like a bag of potato chips. You reach in and grab a handful, and then another, and then another. I don't think you'll put the book down until you've consumed perhaps 4,000 calories, just like the way Dave eats chips. <laughs> You're judging me, and stop judging me for my lack of discipline. <laughs> All right, seriously, order the book from Amazon.com. It makes a great gift for fly fishers, young and old. Today, we're going to talk about net gains and losses while fly fishing. Now, if that sounds like a topic from the financial sector, it is not. Rather, we're going to discuss how a fishing net can create gains or losses for a fly fisher. The right net used in the right way at the right time can help a fly fisher land more fish and uh, may actually help the fish. But when used incorrectly at the wrong time, well, you will end up losing that 20-inch rainbow or maybe getting smacked in the back like I do <laughs> all the time when my net gets caught in the brush. Uh, David, the first thing we ought to talk about is what kind of nets we use. Uh, how about you? I have a couple Orvis nets with the plastic. I don't know if it's plastic or it's not plastic. It's rubber netting. Yeah. But they're short yeah. handles, and they're pretty much both the same nets. I had a friend who recently uh, gave me a gift. Oh, really? Uh, nice. Yeah, and, and he gave me a nice Orvis net. I was really grateful oh, for it. But cool. they're wooden. Uh, they have short handles, mm -hmm. and they have the rubber netting. That's crazy. I, I've never noticed... Uh, you know, nets are the one thing we don't maybe pay attention to each other's gear. I know you have a net, but I, I didn't realize what it was. That's well, kind of cool. What about you? What do you use? Well, I have a, I've got a couple nets. One that I've used for years is an old Broden net. It was made near Logan, Montana. They huh. had they had a um, yeah they had their manufacturing plant right there, just off the interstate at Logan, and then they they moved it. But it was a small net. Somebody gave that to me as a gift, and, and I've used that for years. And then recently. Uh, somebody else gave me a, a fish pond. Man, what's the deal? Everybody's giving us nets. Yeah. I, I love it, but why don't they give us fly rods? Well, you know, the story about the fish pond net that you got, I actually got an email from the person who gave that to yeah. you. And he said, hey, is there anything that Steve needs? It's his 10th anniversary or something. Was it your 10th yeah, anniversary? Yeah, 10th anniversary here at the church I yeah, serve. Yeah, he said, I'd like yeah. to get him something. Mm -hmm. And so, what I was thinking was a pair of Sims waders. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought. I thought, well, maybe it's not just him. Maybe uh, there's three or four people. They all can yeah. chip in 100 bucks. Or actually, yeah, cause, cause <laughs> actually six I, people to chip, it, I do chip have, in 100 bucks. I do have a pair of Sims waders that a, that a group of people at a previous church in Montana gave me. 
And part of what helped was, yeah, there were six people that went together. The other was one of them actually worked for Sims. So he got so, the discount. Yeah, yeah. His that's contribution right. was yes. the discount. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we digress. This uh, this gift, the second one was a fish pond. It's uh, it's the Nomad. It's got a long handle. And I just got it uh, maybe a month ago, and I just used it last week yeah, in Montana. I was going to did you actually use it? Did yeah, use yeah, it? I did. Huh. It really worked great, except for uh, – one or two stupid things that I'll talk about before we're done. So when we think about nets, what are some issues to consider when you're buying a net, when you're using a net? Uh, Dave, what do you have to think about? Well, I think when you're buying gear for the first time, you just you want a net. And so you go to the fly shop, and the owner or person at the desk or counter says, you know, I really recommend this. You really don't know what you need. But I think yeah. – um, the, one of the first things is where are you going to hang your net? Yeah, that's an important issue. So okay. I wear, uh, use, excuse me, a satchel as opposed to either like a pack around my waist or a vest. So mm-hmm. I use a satchel pretty much most of the time, maybe 85% of the time when I fly yeah. fish. I do it when I go into the backcountry. But my problem always is where am I going to hang that net off that satchel? Yeah, that's right, because the vest has a little hook in back. Yeah, and so I'm always struggling about kind of – I'm always having to jerry-rig some place on that mm-hmm. satchel to tie the net onto so that I mm-hmm. have the um, – and usually it's too low, and I have to reach down yeah. to get it. So right now I'm kind of frustrated. I don't even know what I'd do if I had a fish pond with a long-handled net. Yeah. It would drag too much on the on the bottom. But right sure. now I'm kind of in a limbo. I've got this satchel that I decided to uh, to use and have been really happy with it for the last four years. Yeah. Um, but I've had some frustrations with hanging a net off of the satchel. Yeah, no, I, I get How that. How about you? Um, in terms of where to hang the net, yeah, yeah. I have a vest, so that, that's always been pretty yeah, easy. I just easy. it's got yeah. that uh, uh, that circle, that ring on on the back, so it's it's easy. All right, so yeah, first thing to consider is uh, maybe before you buy the net is is are you going to be able to hang it? Where are you going to hang it? I think another thing to consider is your net frame materials, the frame itself. And for years, the standard was wood. And I know my Broden net, I, I really like it, but it needs to be revarnished again. Uh, just something that you have to do occasionally. Uh, then some of the newer nets now are, are made out of a composite, like this uh, fish pond nomad that I have is a composite frame. So it's carbon fiber and fiberglass. Uh, it's great. You know, it's it's waterproof. Water just runs off of it. It's not going to soak it up like a, uh, you know, like, wood was and think you have to re-varnish it so uh, that makes it lighter as well uh, interestingly dave when i was at last week when i was in uh, in bozeman uh, i stopped at river's edge west and i was surprised because there were fly shop yeah the fly shop there were uh th- there was this display of these gorgeous nets and then i saw the pictures like hey that's my friend jason jason clary uh, Rusty Nail Designs. Uh, he, for years, has made you know furniture and all kinds of stuff with barnwood. Well, now he's making fishing nets out of barnwood. Uh, yeah, I think the huh. the frames are made out of scrap wood or barnwood, and boy, they they are beautiful. And I, and I thought to myself, man, if I had one of those, though, would I would I want to fish with it? And and you could, but. Uh, 
uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of great things that are out there, but probably the choice is going to be between wood or uh, between, you know, some kind of a composite. And now you said both of yours are, are they are both, both wood? Yeah, both yeah. are wood, yeah, and both have short handles. Yeah, okay. So the third is issue that you may want to consider is the net webbing, although most of the nets today are that rubber webbing. Yeah, And, yeah. Uh, you know, I had for years... Uh, you know the threads. Oh know, yeah, that that's was just horrible. Oh, I know that's what I have with the Broden. In fact, I, I noticed that a couple of those are frayed. The probably the the bag or the webbing needs to be replaced. But uh, well, it's just you and know, then trying you get, to get your flies get caught. Well, in that's them. the big thing. Yeah, and and trying to you know and then you just clip it with your clippers and then yeah you, you know yeah. You, at that next thing you know you're you know you get so frustrated so. Yep. I think you know technology really improved with the oh, rubber. Oh, I know webbing. it does. I'm so grateful for that. So it does. I, I mean, if you're a purist, then you may want to find one of the older nets with the mm -hmm. with the threads. But for the most part, I think it's you know it's mostly the rubber webbing. Isn't yeah, it? it is. A lot of the wood nets that I've seen that the wood frames still use that rubber netting. Yeah, we still have. Just, I have both of mine yeah. have that. Yeah, for sure. It makes a lot of sense, and I I mean I haven't had a lot of trouble with the fish getting tangled in that that older style of uh webbing but i almost think that the rubber well in fact i think the rubber would be better for the fish because it's a little bit more resilient you know if think about that if they're flopping around in that bag and it's just the old threads that there's no give yeah that's true but with that rubber webbing there there's there's might give be better for flex. the fish yeah yeah i think in it theory, is yeah for sure yeah right you're right maybe maybe it matter that much but in theory that would seem to be better so another issue then, you kind of alluded to this, is net size. And for years I've used the short handle Broden. And of course what's great about that is when you're hiking somewhere, especially as a distance, I mean shorter means lighter. And it, it also means that you, well this probably isn't true for me, I was going to say it's less likely that you're going to get caught on a branch and it's going to snap back and smack you. How many times oh. has that happened? Walking into oh, Tower Fall or oh, I know. especially it's, the Lower yeah. Madison, the Bear Trap? I oh know. my. So even with a shorter or smaller net, the short handle, I, I still manage to do that. But I have to say, I've I've noticed a number of friends, even places where we've walked a little ways, they've carried the longer handle. And even though there's more weight and there's more bulk, I, I like those. Boy, with a longer handle, uh, you don't have to get the fish in quite so close. And, and I think and there's... And you don't have to bend down. You can, no, you don't. You have just to a, bend it's down. It's a different action with your it body. I, I think it's great, too, because you're... You're probably putting. There's probably less danger that you're going to snap your rod. I mean, when you, when you have a short net, you got to get that trout right underneath there, it right almost. underneath yeah, you. Yeah, and yeah. so you, you think about what you're doing with your rod. You're probably holding it straight up, and, and it's easy to snap a tip. If that I've never lurches. done that, but I can totally see that. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. Yeah, I haven't yeah. done it, but I suspect that could easily happen. And then uh, it, it's just a lot easier when it's out there at, at arms. Uh, length so so is that fish pond net discernibly more heavy than no it's not really because of the composite that's the nice thing about that material i think it's a little bit uh, lighter uh, now it's a little bit bulkier yeah, that's I was a thing say, i noticed the long but, handle and yeah, yeah. but I, it's it really isn't that bad so yeah those those are the options you have to think about that 
Uh, oh, the other thing too, I think with that long handle, the the actual basket is is bigger. In other words, the opening is bigger, so it's it's a little bit easier to land that twenty inch rainbow than it is that we uh, catch all the time. That's right. Yeah, we're, that's right. Because we needed the net for all the volume of twenty inches yeah. that we're catching. <laughs> oh, I know. Hey, another thing to think about is the attachment uh, apparatus, and and you always have a cord that. Uh, at least you should, that's hooked to uh, your, your net and then that it's hooked to your fly vest or to something that's on you because if you drop that in the water, you don't want it to float away. Well, what I like is the magnetic clip. So in other words, you have one piece of the, the magnetic clip is hooked to your fly vest right behind your, you know, just below your neck, and then the, the other one is hooked to your net. And the beauty of that is when you're done with your net, you just reach behind you. You don't have to see anything, and boom, it just you know, just grabs it. The magnet yeah. pulls it in. Don't most nets have that, do you think? Or are there some without that? Well, you have to buy the magnetic yeah, clip you have to buy separate. The clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you have the choice if you want to go cheaper just to have the – you know the actual cord. It's uh, I guess I would liken it to a thin bungee cord. It's kind yeah. of that stretch, and and you can do that. That's what my new Orvis came in, just a thin bungee cord. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah that's probably what most of them come with. But I, uh, for me, I think it's worth paying the twenty, thirty bucks and getting the the magnetic clip set up. That really works nice, especially when it's cold too. You you don't have to. You, you just put it back there in the area, and boom, you know the magnet grabs it. Hey, we ought to talk about some do's and don'ts. We, we've talked a little bit about uh, some of the options, you know, when you're going to buy a net or use it, uh, the, the net frame, the, the webbing, the net size, you know, how you're going to clip it on. But uh, what are some do's and don'ts? Well, one of the most obvious is, you know, not to try to net a fish before it is played out. Oh, obvious. And, yet, and how many times have I... Yeah. violated that have we yeah. ever messed up when netting your have i ever done that to you oh i'm sure you have although maybe not or else i would remember it and i'd hold <laughs> a big be so grudge. bitter about that no yeah. i i think we did you remember the one year when when we were oh we just hit it right in the the bear trap during the the spring those rainbows we were just catching one after another and i i remember a couple times that i, I think it worked both ways where you know, we were just having so much fun catching these fish, and we're kind of in a hurry. Where and they were a little bigger. Some they of those were, were a little bigger, yeah. so it took a little more skill to bring them in. Yep, and they weren't probably fully played out. Right, and, and playing out is kind of a it's it's kind of a, it's kind of a bad term now because obviously you want to get that fish in as quickly as possible and release it as right. quickly as possible. But for those bigger fish, you have to play them. Yeah, you do, and and you want to do it quickly. But you're right. After after a minute or so, if you're like Gary Borger always says, if you're pulling them from side to side, uh, you you'll tire them out without exhausting them. Huh, you know, that, yeah, that's that's yeah. the key. Hey, you you want to get them tired, but you don't want to get them exhausted. Where oh, they've been doing this now for three or four minutes, and you're you know they're they're really wiped out. They're not just tired, but they're they're wiped out, and you could do damage to them. But yeah, you know, making sure that uh, you, you're not trying to land that fish too quickly. Didn't you ruin your son Luke's psychology or psychological <laughs> oh, yeah. being oh, man. at some point, like back in the day? I know. I've I've told that story before, but we were fishing in the in the bear trap in the in the fall. It was too warm that day to hunt, and so we went out there and and. Uh, 
uh, I never forget it because I he, he his first cast and I'm tying my fly and he goes, oh dad, I got a snack. All right, just a minute. So I went over. How and old I, was he at this time? He was. Uh, I want to say he was eleven. Huh. By eleven, maybe twelve. At that annoying no, it was twelve. Age. It was twelve yeah. because it was his first fall to hunt. He had just turned twelve. So I took his rod and I took a couple tugs and I feel this pulse. Oh my word! I said, Luke, you got a fish on. You got a brown on and so he you know he worked that thing in it was this gorgeous brown and 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 i'm you know anxious to net it and it it headed towards me so all right i got it well it wrapped itself around my leg snap oh and luke was so upset at me he wouldn't look at me part of it's because he was just angry but i actually saw a tear and so i said hey don't worry luke you'll catch another one and thinking oh that was it. Well, he caught like five more, and they were all browns. <laughs> a little between, bit of redemption, finally. Yeah, 19 and 20 inches. So I, I didn't mess up with the net on the rest of them, but I did that one. And I, I know I did that with you one of those days, and I think you did it with me yeah, as well. Yeah, we're, we're, sure. we're just in a hurry. For and, sure. And that the fish you takes don't get another the net, run. You try to yeah. stab at it. You oh, know? yeah, that's so true. Well, we've already talked about this. Here's something else, too. Don't get your net caught in the brush. It'll snap back and smack you. And, oh, man. Yeah. Actually, going into the bear trap, we have to walk around those willows. And yeah. Almost uh-huh. every time. You're walking yep. a couple feet before you realize, That's oh, right. No, you turn around and it smacks you in the face. Oh, I know it. Well, and at that <laughs> point, too, honestly, I'm concentrating on that the first 100 yards is real rattlesnake country. Well, but when you're going through the brush, you're also concentrating on trying not to get snapped your tip of your rod off. Well, I know that's it. You're, so you're out. thinking about rod tip, you know, rattlesnakes, and then you, you forget about your net, and all of a sudden, bam! <laughs> it's it's like you're behind. Maybe you're maybe you're doing that. You're just you just haul off and hit me with exactly. your net. Exactly. I that's, that's why I never lead yeah. when we're walking down oh. that trail. I always let you lead. Oh, I know. <laughs> Another one is to keep the net under the fish. And lift it up. We just mentioned that as an aside, but do not stab oh, yeah. at the fish with your net. Um, you can't move it through the water fast enough. That's so true. I mean, how many times have I tried to to do something and realize, oh man, the the water. Yeah, I, I just the current. Yeah, it's just, it's just like trying to run in water. Yeah. You you can't do it. Well, try moving your net quickly through water. And by the way, there are ways. You, you just have to figure it out. You you want to slice through the water, not. I guess you want to have the least amount of resistance. So is it more like a scoop as opposed to a snag? Or excuse me, as opposed to a stab? Yeah, I was thinking kind of the slice to get it into the water. But then, yeah, you're, you're lifting up on it rather than just, yeah, trying to go from, what, zero to 60. And when, when the net's out of the water, just trying to stick it in and scoop it up all in one motion, it, it just doesn't work. Yeah, it seems like you, you have to position that net so that it's when you know, okay, the fish is coming in or I'm getting close to the fish, you have it down low. And then when the fish gets there, you, you lift it up. All right, here's another one. Don't get the line caught in the magnetic clip at the front of the net. How do I know this, you ask? <laughs> well, last week, you know, the, the new net worked great and I loved it. But I was in the bear trap. I had a big fish on. I mean, it was, I, I got a good look at it. I know it was 18, 19 inches and and had it right in and, and I kind of stabbed at it. And you know what I did? The uh, the magnetic clip at the front of the net, It my line kind of got wrapped around that oh. snap. 
So I lost it. Oh. You know, and of course I wanted to get mad at the net, and I couldn't. It was me. Oh, you were fishing so, alone that day, too. I was, yeah. Yep. So nobody to verify the size of the fish or the story. <laughs> well, I know, but uh, hey, you have to You're trust me. You're such a truth me. teller. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Exactly. I know, I know. They always get bigger when you don't land them and when nobody's there. So. <laughs> and the fifth point, I think, on do's and don'ts is sometimes, obviously, it's not best to take a net. And it's easy just to land a trout by beaching it. And especially if they're small, some of you are fishing small creeks all the time. So taking a net is more of a, it's silly actually, because they're so small. Yeah. You know, I tend not to do that in the driftless, although in the Blue River, I, I didn't take my net, what, a month or so ago and we fished. But, but remember, you caught one in there before that was 18 inches. I did. It was a nice fish. That yeah. would have been an important time to have a net. Yeah. And it was yeah. also under that brush, that run that goes that nice run against the bank and there's overhang trees oh yeah hung trees or overhang yep. trees i'm not sure how you'd say it but uh yeah, yeah so you know it's one of those judgment calls you you know you fish a small spring creek and then all of a sudden you catch one of the big ones yeah, yeah but that's... if you're catching eight inch trout 10 inch brook trout and mm -hmm. you have to hike a ways you know that's the the size you're going to catch i just never bring it yeah last summer uh, when I hiked up to uh, Harrison Flats in Collegiate Peak Wilderness, Collegiate Peaks Wilderness, uh, I didn't take a net, and we caught a lot of nice cuts. But you're you know you're standing out on the edge of the lake. I actually waited, and once if you're waiting in a in a high mountain lake, you kind of wish you had the net because you mm -hmm. have to move that fish. You have to go back to the beach. Yeah, and mm -hmm. so I was in probably ten feet, twenty feet into the into the lake. And then I had to walk walk the fish back in a oh, sense yeah. and beach it and then unhook it and release it. And it would have been nice, actually, to have a net. Then I could have released it right there. But um, but I didn't because of the long hike. I didn't want to drag the net up there. Now, how about beaching fish? I mean, is is in terms of the impact on the fish, is, is a net a better option for the, the health of the fish? I think so. I think okay. what's hard is if you're beaching um, a fish – and it's flopping against rocks. Yeah, I think you right. have to be really careful mm -hmm. to keep it in the shallows yep. and in the water. You know, there's the whole, uh, quote, keep them wet movement. Mm -hmm. And um, certainly if you're beaching, beaching a trout, it's probably good or best to try to keep it in the shallows as, as, as opposed to just dragging it up to the yeah. you know, the to the bank and then it's flopping around and, and could injure itself, I would imagine, yeah. at least... I'm not a scientist, but it seems like that would yeah, happen. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. That rings true. I, I think it's a good point, something to consider. And, and if you don't have a net, I mean, that, that's fine. But be careful. You know, Be thoughtful about that. Make sure that even if you take that trout into more shallow water, which you probably have to, uh, try to do it at a place where it's not going to be you know, banging against the rocks. Well, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. Recently, we shared a couple responses to our piece on fly fishing crowded waters. Here's another one from Drew, a faithful listener. Drew writes, As I have aged and mellowed a little, after the first few minutes of asking, why are all these people here, I remind myself that they drove as far as I did, maybe farther. My favorite spot may also be their favorite spot, and they deserve to fish as much as I do. Then I usually relax and sit and watch for a while, reflect on the fact that I'm getting some time on the stream and enjoy God's handiwork. Then I go and try to find another favorite spot or make a new one. 
He's well, been around the block. Yeah, a while, he has. That's right? a great attitude, and I w- I wish I had that more. Yeah. Sometimes I don't have that. I get a little bit resentful or greedy. But hey, he's so he's so right about that. Or anxious, right? Oh yeah, and, or or anxious. Yeah, just yeah. to kind of chill out and relax and and kind of reload yeah. in terms of what your expectations yeah, are for the day. That's true. I, I love what he says about my favorite spot may be their favorite spot. You know, I don't always think about that. I almost feel like that one run on the the bear trap and then our, our run in Yellowstone, on the Yellowstone River in the park, and now on the Gardener, kind of like, okay, those are our runs. You know, we, yeah. we own those because we've fished them, we've discovered them, and, and the truth is, no, that may be somebody else's favorite, and, and we have to share. I think every time we go into the bear trap, and you just did last week, you know, one of the first things you texted me was, hey, I went into the bear trap, there was nobody in our run, yeah. but there was somebody on the other side of the river. Yeah. And our biggest fear is somebody's going to yeah. walk through that run and, and actually have one of those banner days where they're, you know, they cycle through and they catch three yeah. or four big browns. I Next know, thing it, you know, you know, right yeah. now it seems like it's still kind of a secret yeah, place. Yeah, it does. And did you notice the language of my text? There's nobody in our run. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for today. So what kind of net do you like and how often do you use it? Please go to twoguysinariver.com and comment on this podcast link. Tell us about your preference for a net or no net and when you use it and when you don't. You can find Two Guys in a River pretty much everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Stitcher, iTunes. And of course, you can visit our website, twoguysinariver.com. We publish a new episode and a new article each week on the website. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. (laughs) 